0: Welcome to Mummy and Daddy.
1: The podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children.
0: Because parenting can be scary.
1: And kids are definitely creepy little monsters.
0: (laughs) Vampires even. (gasps) Energy vampires even.
1: Oh, I wish. My children. Where are you? Hello. And also... Hey. To our Swedish listeners. (laughs) Welcome.
0: Oh, welcome to January and 2022. Oh, what
1: a year. What a time to be alive.
0: I have realized that not only is it, you know, normal January, like, oh, it's a new year. I can't I can't keep year straight. I'm having a lot of trouble distinguishing between 2020 and 2021. Oh, yeah. I have to really think about it because of uh, the old pandemic. I I, he- I heard
1: someone say this. I thought it was put very well, like that we're, everyone's thinking of 2020, like it's a lost year when really like 2021 and all of its false starts is maybe more of the lost year. Um, And and like the one that's sort of harder to distinguish, like people will remember the start of a pandemic, but probably less so Mm. the like, oh, yeah, we still didn't really like go on vacation or we didn't, you know, go Mm -hmm. uh, any of those things that kind of come with it. But. But um, here we are. Here we are. Here we are in 2022, well beyond 2021.
0: And uh, January has been um, a shit sandwich so far. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah you're right tell me more
0: well really it's your story to tell josh because you thought you had covid again oh yeah and that's didn't. right
1: spoiler alert
0: and did not
1: i did not it's true it's true i uh yeah so again okay okay we can start about the shit sandwich of january which i guess would start with my transmission failing in my automobile <laughs> on new year's weekend um result in a little. Daddy time.
0: Well, it's because it failed you in Joshua Tree. Yes. Yes,
1: absolutely. And so over 100 miles from home and uh, there it goes. There it went. A galonking sound on a Sunday when all mechanics the world over are closed. And so I had to stay in a Super 8 motel for the evening whilst uh, Carol took our sister-in-law and children back to home. And uh, th- that part was fine. She then had to beeline it back <laughs> the next day to come pick me up. The car is yeah. still there. And uh, <laughs> then uh, we had a COVID scare. Uh, I got a cold, obviously, because I was sick. And But then it turns out it was not COVID. We found out just today, a week later. It took a full week.
0: Yeah, you were sick last weekend. You got a test on Saturday, and it is saturday again as we record this and you just got the the pcr results back which is pretty wild um just how long those tests are taking
1: yeah fully made it useless because the cdc says you don't have to you only have to quarantine for five days so midweek we were able to send the kids back to school i was able to get my hands on a antigen test which came back negative also and but Carol still had to be solo with the kids for several days, uh, while they were home from school.
0: Yeah, and it really felt like it felt like we were back in twenty twenty of like me being home with the kids and also with the Omicron surge, just kinda like not really knowing what is what is what is allowed, what is what is possible. <laughs> I think up until that point, up until you know this month we've kind of been just living our lives cautiously but like just masked up and like not worried as much now that like certain things in our lives are not as like hinging on whether or not we we get sick or you know having like immunocompromised family members um worrying about like Seeing your brother, or you know, after that, we—I don't know. I think we all kind of relaxed a little bit, and then I, I felt that this week. I felt, yeah, just very disoriented of like what what the future holds. What's going out? What's going on, really?
1: Yeah, it feels really loose out there because there are there is no like consistent guidance, and it also it all feels a little unprotected. I think that's the part that bothers me is that like. I don't know what the goalposts are anymore. Like, what are we reaching for as a global population? As far as like, are, are we just getting thrown into uh, herd immunity here? Uh, are we just trying to normalize death from COVID? Mm. Is it like I, I'm the sort of like endemic phase of it is feels very upon us, but it does feel like everyone's sort of slow to accept that. I think in in that like. Um, I heard on the radio today that while in like the EU, Germany is mandating vaccines and all this kind of thing and keeping people out who aren't vaccinated. And then in Spain, they're basically doing the opposite. They're basically treating it like it is endemic and they're treating it like the flu. And they're looking at um, they're stopping to report daily case rates and deaths and hospitalizations and treating it like the flu, which is just like we're tracking spikes we're tracking the you know the stats of it for our own purposes mm-hmm. but it's not being reported on and i there's part of me that does feel like that's probably next for a lot of places when and, and there is part of me that's wondering like is there a benefit anymore to reporting it if we're keeping schools open and we're keeping businesses open yeah
0: and we're telling the we're telling um you know healthcare workers that even if they test positive just go to keep back going to work, work. Yeah, i mean it's so that kind of stuff is just so mind-blowing and it really just i think with having small children and having a school-aged child in this time it really just you know there's so so much reporting on this, um, and I feel like anybody who has kids is feeling this. But it's like this was all handled so badly, and now kids and parents are paying the price for like this horribly managed healthcare system and response to a pandemic, and all of the problems with our school system. So it's like,
1: yeah, like and, why? All is- this,
0: yeah, all the divisiveness in the schools and in childcare centers and and it's like you're just at the crux of these two failing systems
1: yeah why why on earth would the public school system be like the front lines mm-hmm. for
0: mm-hmm.
1: for pandemic response when public schools themselves are so often broken and underfunded and constantly like at war with themselves or with the government it's very like it's just it's it's a very problematic point we're at with all this right yeah.
0: yeah it's not fun um so we'll I also to... don't know how I feel about it
1: that's kind of where I'm at though you know like I don't know which side of that I fall on in terms of like do you keep reporting it and do you do that or do you just like kind of accept the inevitability of getting it it doesn't and I don't know that it has to be that um binary but it does feel that way sometimes
0: it's tough luckily our schools did not close yet um but we haven't reached the peak of this thing so um we'll see what happens but luckily for us as working parents our kids are still able to go to school and in kn95 masks um
1: heck yeah Yeah, Yeah. more single-use products. Let's toss them.
0: Oh, my gosh. That part is so hard. It's so hard. I mean, even going to get tested this week and, like, every time I go get tested, just the amount of waste from each testing site. My mind just reels. Oh, God. But... Yeah, it's 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 all mixed up. It's all mixed up together. Mm-hmm. It's almost yeah. like it's all connected. Uh, um, all these
1: inefficiencies are connected somehow. Yeah, they do seem to be.
0: But yeah, it was like kind of a false start to our year a little bit, and now we're kind of getting in the groove. Um, and I feel like this movie that we chose to kick off 2022 mm. was just perfect I because feel like we let the right one in. Don't we you know? we did. We let the right one in. Um just because even though it's obviously not snowing where we are january always has this like this vibe of just kind of being you're just kind of treading water like mm-hmm. nothing nothing big is really happening in january as far as like you you're probably not going on any trips maybe i guess if you're going for for like a ski weekend or something but usually you know your holiday travels over and for me i get very plany like i'm i'm looking out onto the the expanse of the year and just like I want to plan vacations. I want to I wanna get my my routines in place. You know, I love New Year's resolutions. Um which I don't think we even talked about. We did not. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. Um but I love I love that feeling of like a fresh start. And January is always this time of kind of like plotting and planning and but you are you are also kind of stuck. Um and this movie is just this mm. cold frozen wonderful um apartment e- block apartment block <laughs> Um yeah so I can't wait to talk about it
1: Oh me too Are you excited for any resolutions?
0: I am Josh. I'm very excited about resolutions. Um I had in years past done like 19 for 19 and Mm -hmm. 20 for 20 and as 2022 came around i thought that's like a lot 22 things in a year is a lot and i usually don't get to all of them anyway so i decided to do 11 for 22 and then i found my list was longer than that of things that i wanted to do um so i like to do that and um I'm excited for it. A lot of it is like writing goals and learnings, you know, continuing my Spanish lessons and just, um, you know, stuff with the house um, yeah. projects like that. And
1: like some are big and some are small. So yes. if someone's sitting at home saying, I don't have any New Year's resolutions. If you hear that Carol has had 19 before in the past, that know that not all of them are like, Yes. get shredded <laughs>
0: <Like>. <laughs> yeah it's usually not about uh body things i try not to um have those as goals um because it feels stupid and trite and um mm-hmm. not healthy for me and my mental um health so i usually try to have it be like just projects and and like yeah like writing goals and stuff but um some of it can be just like very um you know like we have to update our our will like stuff like that where it's like oh that's going to feel so good to check off and i need to we
1: have to update our will
0: um <clears throat> anyway so um
1: okay <laughs> if you say so well i'm excited to find out more about that when we do that. Now that's one of my resolutions too. I now have two resolutions. Oh, yeah. What's your
0: other resolution?
1: My resolution was consolidated into a schedule of self-care. Because I realized, besides the fact I had a great moment of clarity about, or acceptance, I should say, that turning the page on to January is nothing more than turning a page. That it does not, there is no special thing about that but the time off having downtime Mm -hmm. to uh, lay groundwork is what's important yes I think especially as a parent because that's even then those moments are still fleeting so and I found that that I could have broken mine out into probably a list of 50 things but it is more just like it's around time management and being better to myself this year, mm-hmm. and so like, and so that is a schedule of self care. It is about like, if I want to be, uh, you know, healthier, more mindful, all these things. If I want to read more, if I want to be on my phone less, I want to have dedicated time with the kids. So you got dedicated time with Carol. Like, I wrote down what I thought was like an ideal day, and then try to work backwards from going to sleep, mm-hmm. and and like, how would I manage that and what's reasonably possible. And it feels doable so far. It's like, I'm, I'm also being gentle enough with myself to say like, none of this is going to be flawless. Like it's not going to start right away or, mm-hmm. you know, like you, it's not going to just be like, boom, you, you did it or, or, and because I also don't want to be at that point where I say, ah, oh, you missed this that day, or you didn't do that at all this mm-hmm. week. So like, just, you know, trash the whole project where it already feels good. I'd say my, cause the COVID scare knocked a bit off of this, but like in the past week, I feel like I've been able to, I'm happy with it. And that's the bigger thing. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with where it's at. And so like, I'm going to, I'm going to take it and it's like giving me a place to sort of uh, build off of reading a great book, the fifth season by NK jemison. Love it! Love that I'm hauling through a big book right now. Yeah, good. That's real good. Um, I am uh, using that Headspace app. That's feeling good. Mm. Um, Shout out to our Swedish listeners again. I'm getting deeper into disc golf. Very popular in Sweden.
0: I didn't uh, know that. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. The, some of the biggest manufacturers of discs are in Sweden. Well, and, uh, even
0: more of a reason for us to go, because I really want to go. Oh,
1: reason for the season. Let's do it. Um, and it's even that is, I think, if anybody is having trouble like I am with having f- sort of fitness, health fitness goals, it's been really helpful to have a game that's fun that you're then doing the hard stuff then go enjoy more Mm. you know so having that like oh i can go play with my friends some you know once a week if possible and then other days you're doing the other little bits of exercise and being even just like focusing on your breathing and everything else that will benefit that that is just like one more reason to do it so it's been helpful
0: you know i feel like this is a really excellent time for me to bring up our scary good stuff scary good stuff for this episode
1: we don't have a sound for we still no drops that was not even a resolution for this year maybe it was a listener's resolution
0: well uh the the thing that i think is scarily good um was actually a christmas gift from my dear friend megan um Hmm. and it's book and it's called the family firm by emily oster now we may have mentioned her before. A hundred
1: percent we have mentioned Emily Oster. Uh, I
0: don't know. We, we maybe, but not as much as our, you know, our Janets and our Beckys and our. Oh, that's true. Um, But she. Well, we really loved her book Expecting Better, which is a basically a data driven um guide to pregnancy that bucks a lot of conventional wisdom um she Who is
1: emily oster
0: oh my god josh don't you know
1: i'm saying this i know for, I'm, I'm just mean, kidding my gosh
0: um, she is so she's an economist and she is also a mom and she besides expecting better mm-hmm. do you have more to say on her go ahead. no um she wrote a book called crib sheet which i didn't read but i wish i had which is a dated driven guide to better, more relaxed parenting from birth to preschool. So this kind of, that would have been the book I read in between if I had, but it didn't. And then (laughs) there was no
1: space for that at that time.
0: and And then the family firm is her book about making decisions as a family with school age kids. And, um, and it, your plan about your day and your ideal day just reminded me of, um, some of the stuff that I'm reading about in this book and it's so good um Mm. she has a lot of tools too like worksheets and you know google spreadsheet stuff to help you make not to you know not to really she does give a lot of um part of the book is is broken into like actual data about like extracurricular activities and phone use and entertainment and stuff like that for your kids but it's more about like how to make those big decisions as Love a family mm-hmm. and um i'm already just I was just taking notes on it this morning it's so good
1: I'm here for that framework
0: so if anybody else is like josh and has um goals that are about time management even yeah she even talks about like parents who are solo parents um but i think this could be for anybody uh, as far as like time management goes the family firm really good
1: i'm going to read it now i didn't know all that yeah. it's good we be talked about it i uh, and i i read a book it was more about like business management stuff called essentialism that had been recommended to me and similarly one of the things that that brings up is uh also about getting rid of the things that clutter up your time that do not that they just don't serve you they don't serve you exactly so that is and so that has all been helpful framing it so i want to kind of keep those things in mind as i go through because i i see how easy it is um to slip back into those things right we, we as soon as like kids birthday parties are back it's like well, I guess we're doing this twice a weekend forever. Oh, you know
0: Emily talks about the parties. It's like one Ooh. of the first examples that she gives, and I'm like, yes, because we, yeah, we struggle with that, mm-hmm. and don't yeah. I don't just don't feel like going. Well, it's been kind of nice with with the new variant because. Uh, Yeah, it's been easy to say no to things that are indoors. Um,
1: It's a helpful reminder when this kind of clears your schedule for you and you realize like, oh, I didn't miss that. Or the one that you do like, you know what, we are actually going to risk it and go hang out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's important. And I think that is a huge it's a huge indicator. And so it's helpful to kind of have these little touchstones on the way. And hopefully they're not all uh, variants. That's my goal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Third goal. Fewer variants.
0: Oh, good. Get on that, Josh. Mm, scary everybody. good stuff. We'll put okay. some links. Speaking of kids and their friends, and their non-friends, their vampire friends, <laughs> and their bullies, I think we got to get in too. Let the right one in.
1: Mm, let's do it.
0: Okay, um, Josh. Mm, what a joy this was to rewatch. We've but we had both seen it before. Yes, and it. For anybody who had, who has seen it, um, it is it holds up on a rewatch. It's so so um, well done, and I want to tell you what the movie's about.
1: How are you gonna do it?
0: I'm just gonna type in to my old search bar, and uh, what comes up immediately is the Internet Movie Database. Mm. Now, shockingly, I'm not going to read the plot synopsis by Claudio Carvalho from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil.
1: Oh, what is January by the turning of the page? Am I right, Claudio? You are still here with us, ever present as always. Thank you.
0: Trying to think of something in Spanish to say, but all I can think of is. uh, How
1: much he speaks Portuguese?
0: (laughs) Yeah. things like i don't eat spicy food or we need corn at the store let's hear about how you don't eat spicy food (laughs) but you do i do um okay i'm not gonna i'm I'm still i'm still uh i'm still language shy as far as talking unless i'm talking into my babble app here's the thing um i'm going with a different imdb synopsis and this one comes to us from a person named john you're not going with claudio no i'm not his look, his talks about uh other stuff. His, I mean probably his Oh, he call he calls Ellie's father, first of all, her father. It's not her father. Ellie's father is a serial killer. That's just so wrong. I can't even like that's not yeah, yeah, that's, that's not what yeah, this movie it, is. Dude. Yeah, you, you missed, missed it. you missed it so hard. Okay, well the the one liner at the top, you know, of mm-hmm. the page is um, Oscar, an overlooked and bullied boy finds love and revenge through Ellie, a beautiful but peculiar girl. Um, and I have such a problem with beautiful being a character trait of a person.
1: She is a beautiful but,
0: woman. You, but, but she's peculiar, Josh. Yes. Oh God, it drives me nuts.
1: Like she's manic, vampiric, <laughs> <laughs> dream child
0: um so anyway i'm going with this another one from a person who is is listed as john nordling comma producer oh
1: awesome a producer of something else let's hear what you got (laughs) those bona fides keep them up front
0: oscar a bullied 12 year old dreams of revenge he falls in love with ellie a peculiar girl she can't stand the sun or food and to come into a room she needs to be invited Ellie gives Oscar the strength to hit back. But when he realizes that Ellie needs to drink other people's blood to live, he's faced with a choice. How much can love forgive? Set in the Stockholm suburb of Blackburg in
1: 1982.
0: Mm. Um, yeah. So that is, I think, a pretty well done summary. Thank you, John Nordling, producer. And
1: uh, excited to check out some of your projects. <laughs> it is up for funding.
0: Oh my god. Um, okay, this movie. So I have some. I have a fun fact for you, Josh. Ooh, I've been hit me. saving it. I've been saving it. Um, so I have a friend who I have the pleasure of working with. Um, some from from time to time on, in commercials. She's a head of production at a company. She's my favorite Swede. Her name is Emmy. she's a producer. Well. Not really, but yeah, she's, uh, <laughs> sure. Um, and she, just let me know that she worked on this movie. No way. Yes, not only that. Okay, she, she produced this movie. No, she didn't produce it, but she she's listed in the credits as an assistant production manager. But what happened was she worked on it right when like after the credits were already done and she ended up working on a lot of it in post and like traveling the world with it as as far as like selling it and cool yeah, so she said it was like five years of her life it's what brought her to um live in the united states and um couple things wish that we had her on as a guest she could probably tell that us a lot, been of, so a lot of so smart <laughs> and uh and I, I don't have like a ton of info from her. I can't wait to hear more about it. But they won Tribeca with it and she like got an award from Robert De Niro. Like she was so involved in this movie. And wow. I had no I had no idea. I've known Emmy for years. We've never talked about this movie.
1: That's amazing. I know.
0: And it's it's so awesome. Like what a great movie to have that happen oh, <laughs> with yeah. you're like working at a production company and all of a sudden you're like majorly involved with this movie that is so well done. So well done. So, so simple and good, you know, like perfect kind of independent movie.
1: That's very cool too, because if it was like five years of her life, I mean, presumably is part of that was after it was out, but like this was a based on a book, a mm-hmm. 2004 novel, mm-hmm. and then the movie came out in 2008. So like they really jumped on it, which is cool. Like just knowing like, all right, this is like, happening now is well received like let's well the
0: writer wrote the screenplay oh i didn't know that that's another fun fact
1: that that's very cool
0: yeah um i would
1: totally read this book i'm sure as all books are it's a little bit more you know there's probably a little bit more stuff in there because we we have a lot of like theories about it and stuff that i mm -hmm. I think are fun to talk about mm -hmm. um mainly about her dad
0: her your father figure yeah. yeah her
1: father yeah As Claudio would call him.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not her father. No, Um,
1: but he is a serial. No, but
0: we have a theory about who he is. um, And I, am sure the book probably gets into that more, but there's a part in it right before he basically kills himself. um, That he's like, like basically like, I, I don't have a life without you. Like, I owe you my life. And so, and he doesn't want her to get caught. So, yeah, he, over the course of several events, kills himself. Um, But yeah, we think that, we think that Ellie just pretty much finds a person her age and saves them in some way or or latches onto them and then that person kind of becomes her her steward yeah, and her familiar her right? familiar yeah and then like her protector and someone who guy who like yeah puts her in a suitcase and takes her on the train because she she needs that mm-hmm.
1: um keeps her fed
0: yeah and yeah. it's it's in ages in ages yeah and it's um It's bittersweet at the end because you kind of see like, okay, Oscar's heading down that path, yeah. But um, it's a lonely life, and he's already so lonely. Yeah, you know. Uh, But at least he's not getting harassed and murdered 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 in a pool by by bullies. Um, Yeah, so the the bullying is a big part of this movie, and I thought it was funny to watch this coming off of our last episode of where we talked a lot about that unconditional positive regard. And I did feel sorry for the bullies in some, in some scenes, you know, you can tell that there's a history of abuse. It's like this older brother comes in. You can tell that they are probably getting abused at home and, and the, and the brother kind of pushes the little one around. So it's like, I do, you know, I did feel for them, but yeah. but and, this movie... And the movie... other
1: adjacent bullies are all victims of that bullying, too. Because right. it's just sort of like, yeah, you either take part in this. It's just pure, yeah. uh, you know, alpha behavior where you just like you either take part in this behavior and punch down, or you become a victim of it yourself, or that's right. your fear.
0: Right. But because this is a monster movie, I felt totally okay with, like pushing those feelings aside and just Mm -hmm. enjoying the bully like getting theirs um and i think it worked really well because it still was like a human take on all of this Mm -hmm. and yeah like even some of like the kids further down the rung of of bullying um you can tell that like some of them do feel remorse and you know that's all there but in general when they're all killed by ellie um in the pool scene you're 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 stoked you know you're you're happy um and i feel like that we explore so much of like like kid on kid or like evil forces and like kids dying on this show and it's so hard to do well and this movie does such a great job of it um
1: yeah because the ki- the characters are all complex, uh, even the ones who are only a- have a small amount of screen time, they just do a really great job of. Uh, oh yeah, of developing them in mm-hmm. these in very subtle ways. I mean, even the complexities of Oscar, like starting out with him, like playing with a knife in the uh, parking lot of his. uh you
0: know, Yeah, and that's how that's when Ellie finds him. He's like stabbing the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretending did, to threaten the. Did kids. you did you play with like anything dangerous as a child? Fuck yeah! What did you do?
1: Um, I loved knives and weapons. Anything I could get my hands on, I would love to. What Would you get your hands play on? with? Um, I had a couple of pocket knives. I had. Um, I that was probably the extent of it for me. But I had friends who could get like BB guns and dart guns and blowguns my friend kanan collected knives he had like a catalog he's ordered knives from a whole drawer full of just like various (laughs) knives it was like that is is terrifying knife this one's for diving throwing stars all that stuff oh yeah yeah and so that too any any like ninja weapons you could get you wanted in on that like somebody had nunchucks you're gonna mess around with those yeah um oh my god yeah yeah that was it and then makes me nervous No, no real guns, BB guns, pellet guns were as as extreme as it got while that was in my universe. Yeah. And, you know, I was also in I was in scouts and stuff as a kid. So I like having a pocket knife was like uh, high on the wish list. Very young. I probably got it when I was like seven. Wow. Yeah.
0: But you feared and respected it.
1: Yeah, I knew how to use it. I could cut you. <laughs> <laughs> cut yeah. you like a fish. Um,
0: but could you cut a fish?
1: Oh, I would hate to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. Um, you would, no, we would have it and you'd carry it with you all the time and try to use it whenever you could for whatever you could. And then oh. tools, like just, you know, workbench tools. <laughs> you wanted to get your hands on those things just to mess around, see what they did. Wow. Mm-hmm
0: that's that's cool, that's
1: cool, Josh. I thought uh, so. I found some cool stuff also on the internet about this. you want to talk about it? I do it begged the question for me because I'm looking at him. I'm like, this dude's a future school shooter, right when he's just stabbing that tree and you're like you have you have fantasies of violence like you mm-hmm. and revenge you you know the the picked on mm-hmm. kids that's for real that's a very real and mm-hmm. scary thing to me and mm-hmm. Um, That to me is, I think, partially why I would rather think of like, not think of knives as weapons, but think of them as tools is how you introduce them. And that like, because you get to the rest of it on your own at some point, but like you should know how to safely handle one. You should know what they do. Um, You -hmm. should know that dull knives can be even more dangerous than sharp knives in some cases. You should know how. (laughs) Um, you should know how to cut vegetables and that kind of thing. Um
0: Okay. So do
1: it. You gotta learn sometime. <laughs> and at twenty twenty two that's why the list got so long. Carol's gonna finally use a non You
0: can't make resolutions for somebody else, Josh. Yep, it's the person who has to want it.
1: I've been practicing your handwriting <laughs> just to add to the list in secret, hoping your list is so long you forget. Aha, and you get to the it's bottom.
0: typed. Oh no. Oh, oh no. No no, I told him.
1: Um <laughs> a website called howwemontessori.com um wha- has an article about this a little essay about when is the right age for a child's first pocket knife and checked around with some other things and mm. it, i mean mm. the big advice is know your kid what are they what are they capable of mm. um
0: that's what emily Oster would say too mm-hmm. yeah
1: not every kid is the same but if you're introducing it as a tool, if you're going camping or you yourself use a pocket knife around your kids, a Leatherman, mm. something like that, like that you should be teaching them how to handle it safely really as young as like five or six. I actually thought that a another article from a knife manufacturer, A.G. Russell Knives, actually had the better, um, I thought they had a like a better take on it than the Montessori one, but the Montessori one did link to a Montessori school that sells pocket knives. I thought the one, the interesting thing that they pointed out was that, um, you know, you can get different types of blades on a pocket knife, and getting one of the ones that's more rounded and less pointy is going to result in fewer accidents. Um, and mm-hmm. it will also, and because, and it's like a multi-tool pocket knife, you know, with like a mm-hmm. toothpick and a mm-hmm. can opener and stuff encourages you to treat it more like a tool when you're using the tools on it when you're tightening a screw Mm -hmm. with your little tiny screwdriver um, and using using it to be more resourceful than you are trying to like stab trees and stuff Um, but A.G. Russell just said a good age range for supervised knife use is between five and seven Um, you're explaining how to properly use it you're showing Maybe even showing or watching some instructional materials together, and doing it for sort of limited amounts of time, um, or doing this over a period of a few months, and then more like seven to nine is when you might get them their own if they're showing like an aptitude and an interest and all that stuff mm-hmm. um, for them. But and and they link to a cool thing that it was a wooden knife kit, and the link was unfortunately dead. But I of course has googled it and. There is a, it looks just like a lock blade, like single blade knife, pocket knife, folding pocket knife. Um, You make the whole thing out of wood and the blade is wood. So that way you can, like, as far as Mm. practicing your safe knife handling skills, Mm. not only do you put it together yourself, so that's a fun project, Mm. but then that's the thing they're using. It's like, you show me how to be safe with this and Mm. then we can talk about getting the real thing
0: down yeah. the line yeah. and I
1: think it's great and it looks super cool I'll leave a link to JJ's knife kit it looks JJ's awesome. knife I want one for effing sure
0: oh Christmas 2022 mm,
1: it's only 10 bucks
0: oh gosh oh, I'm sold that's that's really cool um yeah. and it, it is so much about just knowing your your child because I think about like woo and how I would not do this this year but maybe next year if he really was interested and Mm -hmm. i think with the dawn of minecraft he's like thinking way more about weapons and stuff than Mm -hmm. ever before but yeah i I had a conversation recently with a friend who isn't letting her child eat popcorn until she's five um because fear of choking Mm. and it's like that and I, I was laughing because I was like, oh, this really funny, especially with boo, our second child um he was eating popcorn probably at like two um yeah, for sure and loves it but i'm but I'm not afraid of choking and mm-hmm. and she is so it's like you you have to do what's best for you and your family and what makes you feel feel comfortable because it's it's just you know, if you're gonna be worried about your kid choking, it. it's not gonna be worth the delight of eating popcorn
1: as ag russell said below is a very general guideline and will depend completely on your child and your judgment Mm. you ultimately take full responsibility for whether your child is competent and mature enough to handle sharp objects
0: well you know what you know who wasn't doing that the parents in this movie No. okay they they don't really focus on the parents too much um except that you know, he lives with his mom in this apartment and his dad, um, they've gotten divorced and his dad is living with this man. And there, you can just tell there's a lot of like tension as far as, you know, the, the, the divorce and that's about it. Yep. But you know, this kid has like a folder full of clippings about like murders and stuff like yeah he's bullied at school he's playing with knives like he really is a, as far as check check marks go you know like he's checking all the boxes of somebody who's gonna be violent mm-hmm. um even though we know that he's not and he is totally repulsed by ellie's violence um once yes. he learns that she has to drink blood he kind of shuns her for a bit. Um, but yeah, otherwise, Oscar's Oscar's pretty troubled and mm-hmm. he's not, alone. He's alone and he's mm-hmm. not getting any support from his family or his school or any teachers. Even the weightlifting coach who like tells him to lift weights is like not really helping when he's doing it. He's just like <laughs> Yeah, no.
1: He's he's just excited about <laughs> lifting weights. He's yeah. not really like he's like oh great another another person person join yeah. us
0: yeah so it's um it's a shame his parents are not great in this movie no no um
1: in case you were wondering about whether or not it's okay for your child to weightlift you probably might be thinking it's not maybe w- would you think it is I guess I'm leaving you with this. (laughs) What a stupid question. All right. The point is, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, At what age? I'm so glad you asked. There's a lot of stuff where they'll... A lot of internet articles will try to make it look like a seven or eight-year-old. It's okay for them to start like doing deadlifts or something. And that is inaccurate. The Mayo Clinic differentiates it in this way that strength training um, which you can largely do with your own body weight or like resistance bands something smaller you can use free weights or like nautilus machines that kind of kind of thing but it has to be really low level at that age and that but if it's helping them get physical activity and encouraging physical activity it's good i like this quote from there if your child expresses interest in strength training and they differentiate between that and weightlifting, in strength training, remind him or her that strength training is meant to increase muscle strength and endurance. Bulking up is something else entirely and most safely done after adolescence when your child's bones have finished growing. So like 12-13, like mm. once you're you know, like you you're, you you want to have that big growth spurt first so it doesn't. That's where you always I would always hear you don't want to weight lift before you're like 13 because it stunts your growth.
0: Wow. Growing up as a boy is completely different experience. Um, knives, mm. weights. Oh my gosh. Never thought about these things as a kid.
1: And they were all those things I was interested in, you know, mm-hmm. other than like the boy scout aspect, which my dad was an Eagle scout. So I think he was happy to, and he would also do some woodworking. So I think he had no, you know, no, was probably excited to introduce that Mm -hmm. to me. But beyond that, that was all me. And then, I mean, same thing there with like, yeah, like lifting weights. At some point you want to get jacked because you like superheroes and stuff. And so you uh, want to try to do it. Also, Hmm. their great advice is consult a professional, like work with a coach or a personal trainer who has experience with youth strength training. Hmm. Like why, why would you try to do it on your on your own, um, and uh, and you introduce it with aerobic activity or something else. So it's part of it. It's not the only thing they're doing, and yeah. they're keeping it light. Um,
0: yeah. Well, we know we know Oscar's trying to learn how to swim, which is great, but mm-hmm. he can't seem to keep his mouth shut in the pool, which bothered me, oh, and I wondered if that was like was that a direction up that water? He's just <laughs> just he's getting in there. I wondered. Putting I mean, putting
1: it in, spitting it
0: out. Um Emmy said that when people ask about this movie, what do you think is the number one thing they ask about?
1: Um is Ellie actually old or is she twelve?
0: Um I love that, but no, they talk about the cats. Which Oh,
1: the room full of cats. Which
0: I I get that, but it's funny because I had completely forgotten about that when when we turned this movie on and when mm-hmm. it, when that scene came up, I w- I had no recollection of it. Like you would think that I would remember that crazy and really very cool um scene where the woman that ellie has um bitten she survived and now she's in the process of turning into a vampire and she comes into this room with all these cats and the cats turn on her and hiss at her and attack her and she like basically has to fight them all off and falls down this awful set of stairs it's such a good scene and i actually really love I have like a laundry list of things I want to just rattle off of what I loved. love about this movie mm-hmm. and that character, her whole journey is so good. Um, And I just love how she basically chooses to not be a vampire and set herself ablaze in the sunlight. Mm-hmm. And it's such a cool scene. It's such a cool decision. You never see it. There's so many things about this movie as far as like vampire lore, and, um, like modern vampire stuff that it it does so differently and so well yeah um but yeah that is what the thing that i want to ask emmy about and, and i'll get back to you guys later when i do is was that was that and she might not know this because she only worked in the or she majority worked in post but like was the his mouth being open in the in the pool was that like a direction of like be an awkward child or was it just him being weird?
1: Like act like a weird whale and just like keep your mouth open. Yeah. Give these kids instead of teeth and just let this water (laughs) flow in and kind of spit it out, but just sort of like go blah.
0: Like give the, give what, you know, give the reason, give the bullies a reason to pick on you. Cause if I saw that kid doing that, I'd never, I was always kind of like bully fodder, not the bully, but like I would understand why he was getting beaten up.
1: Oh, yeah. He would have been way lower on the <laughs> order of things than you would be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, luckily, didn't deal with a lot of bullies, but I think I was just very oblivious um, mm. as a kid. I think I Like spent you wouldn't a-
1: have risen to the bullying because you wouldn't have paid attention to them?
0: Yeah. I think that like I knew who the popular kids were. I knew I wasn't one of them. And so I kind of kept my head down and I lived in my own world a lot and mm. um, had my own nerdy friends. Um. Okay, but
1: sounds familiar.
0: <laughs> Nothing much has changed. Um. So yeah, this movie so so good. Don't want to spoil the ratings, but so good. Yeah. Um.
1: Check out her Instagram for those ratings, people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I really really loved the thing that you brought up that she kind of goes back and forth um, between being, like, an older woman and a child mm-hmm. and there are these flashes and they're really subtle of, like, how old she is. I read online a piece of trivia that during the filming this actress, Lena Leanderson or Leanderson she, like, had basically a gross like, hit puberty during filming Oh my gosh. And... So that also plays a part in it during different scenes. She like really grew and, you know, changed. Like
1: did look different. And
0: did look different. That's cool. So that's another question for Emmy if that's really true, but I read that online, so it must have some basis in fact.
1: Well, then it would also make, I would ask the additional, the follow-up question of then was some of the kind of um, morphing in scenes in the movie done to sort of explain and expand on like oh Mm -hmm. why does she look different in this random scene Mm -hmm. if it's sort of like yeah that's sort of happening tricks of the light or this you know she smells blood and her Mm -hmm. eyes get you know if there was some of that stuff that they added in to just to make it like yeah well like let's incorporate it
0: yeah yeah so cool um i really like the obviously i really like the like child vampire thing Mm mm-hmm but I like how it's different from the like Claudia in Interview with the Vampire. It's not uh it's not like this creature now. Um, like has this desire to be older. She's never like she's probably past that, I imagine, in her hundreds of years being a vampire. Like she.
1: Yeah. We think she's been a vampire for, for decades, a long right? time. Yeah. Um, Maybe, do you think more than that? You think like hundreds of years?
0: I don't. I mean, it might be. She said she's, she's been 12 for a long time. So I yeah. like to think, I like to think it's like an old yeah. vampire. Um, But I, I really like how that's not the focus. It's more about the, it's it's more about surviving this movie's about surviving on your own and mm-hmm. um and i just feel like it really it's it's just a very um interesting take on vampire um a vampire tale and f- like everything just works so perfectly with the the setting and the bullying and the you know an Oscar and his journey it's really um so that part is cool and done very well um I love the scene where he makes her come into the room without being invited and she starts to bleed through every orifice
1: so tragic yeah so cool
0: and it's almost like you know he it's in that part part of the movie where he's like kind of trying to you know not be her friend Mm -hmm. and um yeah again just like another great metaphor for bullying and power struggles as kids um and i really what else oh my gosh there's so many things about this movie that i like so much i just love the subtle vampire moves that she does like the like crawling up the the building in the back of the scene or like just even just jumping off that tall that tall playground um equipment
1: yeah it is cool it it's a it's a good trick for like a lower budget movie yeah. too it's like the old jaws thing just like it's better when you don't show it but like you have to show some stuff and so like how can you do that to best make make it work and especially making it work with a kid and selling it it's all really well done mm-hmm. I there was something about this movie too re-watching it especially that you're so sympathetic for the vampires, obviously, like it, for anyone who's sort of touched by vampirism in this movie um, on sort of all levels. Right. Like you're you're sad. The you know, the neighbor who she does or who he kills and uh, or no, she jumps in the, under the bridge. Right. Who she um, kills there. And then sort of like the murder mystery that ultimately ends up in her familiar's death, you know, as they're trying to unravel that. They're not bad people. They're just doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Like you're not. That's not when we're like, oh, sweet vengeance. It's just like she's got to eat, and it was gonna like ruin stuff if mm-hmm. he didn't kill this guy. And it, it's just. And then the woman becoming the vampire. It was the first time I ever interview thought to ask with myself. a vampire. So, <gasps> if you were a vampire, if. Would you tell someone you were a vampire, like submit yourself to science and public scrutiny to say like, vampirism is real. And I want you to know that. And here I am. Or would you, (laughs) or would you live your life in secret or would you end your life?
0: Those are my only three options. I
1: think so. If you have a fourth, I'm here for it.
0: Okay. Um, I, I've never thought about that. I don't, I think that maybe I would start out, okay, I would start at two. I would live my life as a vampire for a while. And then maybe if I got really bored, I would do one, see where that went. What was one? The submit myself to science. Okay. And then if that got hairy, three, I would just end it. Mm. Maybe go back to two. Wow. I, I think I would poke probably, around a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to poke around. Because I, I I don't think I would immediately be like, here I am, the vampire that you've all been waiting for. Look at me. Yeah, I think I would, I would dabble in like the... In the the, the classic... uh, In the lifestyle. In the lifestyle, yeah. I would would also try to find other people like me. Mm. Can't be the only one, you know? And uh, I'm curious to hear what you would do.
1: Well, I was unsure, and that's why I asked the question. It was the first time in my... I think my classic answer would have always been like, I'm just going to live as a vampire in secret. Like, why would you tell, you know big government ultimately that you're a vampire you have these powers they'll inevitably try to like harvest you for your secrets on the other hand i'm kind of like wouldn't you want to know more about it like isn't the i feel like i would try to find a way because i would also it's also very easy to prove you know by saying like yeah shine a little bit of light on my knuckle here you'll watch it sunlight you'll watch it burn Mm -hmm. I okay and let me not eat Mm -hmm. and then give me a you give me a burger and a bucket of blood and see which one I go for yeah like
0: is your is the idea just like to find a cure or is it just for just gosh I think so yeah I think it it
1: would be because I think or then it would be about accepting vampires in society Mm -hmm. to um, because you'd need to find a way to live without like murdering people yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a it's a fascinating question I've just asked. So, um <laughs> that came up with that out of nowhere. So,
0: well, I'm going to I I'm glad I don't have to worry about this. I'm yeah, glad. Yeah, that's true. I'm glad it's not something that hopefully will ever happen. Um so, yeah. I really like this um I really I've always really liked kind of modernizing these you know like folklore and and magical supernatural stuff I, I i really like these kind of tales of like twisting it yeah but i also feel like it's such a an interesting take on a vampire especially when it came out like right when twilight was coming like
1: oh right at the, the height of at the height vampire of, mania
0: mm-hmm. well I don't know. I mean, I guess that I guess, I guess you could say. that. I think I think the vampires, va- vampire mania. Hmm. I just feel like that it comes in waves. It's always there. It's it's such a good no. But
1: there was nothing. There has never been anything in in vampire history to compare with the massiveness of Twilight. And then I think as like Vampire Diaries and all this stuff was like all there were so many vampire stories. Like you, it would be as if There had only been like a four year period of Marvel movies and then they never, then they went away for a a decade, you know?
0: Yeah. I just feel like there's always, there's always vampire stuff happening, but yeah, Twilight was definitely the height and then like True Blood and like all that was happening. Yeah. It was all happening at the same time, Mm -hmm. but I think you know who my favorite vampires are. And it's not Lestat.
1: Uh, your favorite vampires are from the forthcoming Marvel movie Morbius. Jared Leto.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> I dr- I've dropped my headphones and walked out <laughs> of the room.
1: Just quit the podcast.
0: No, are you seriously?
1: What we do in the shadows. Yes, of course. Absolutely, from the series.
0: Yes, the series. And so I was going to say that, um, so I guess they tried to make um, Let the Right One In into a show and it has been a play. Um Yes,
1: and that Let Me In is based on that, l- I thought I read or something.
0: No, the play is still based on this. But Let Me In is the remake, the mm-hmm. American remake of this movie. And then I just saw in researching for the show that there is another show happening. Wow. Um, and at first I was like, I don't care about that. But you never know because What We Do in the Shadows was a great movie and yep. even better series. So I'm yes, here for some it. Some people
1: done at Fargo is uh, an awesome series. People really speak good. very highly of Hannibal. I have not delved in there. Yeah. But it's supposed to be great. So who knows? Yeah, maybe a let the right one in series could be cool. Yeah. If it's the tone of this and it's like a road movie, if that's kind of the vibe, if it's sort of like yeah. if it sort of follows this or a similar path and then mm-hmm. it is like human kid and Child vampire. That's interesting to me. I'd watch a season of that. See That's how true. it goes. What do you say? You want to rate this movie, or do you want to do it on the internet?
0: Let's rate it here. Okay. All right.
1: Great. There's something for everyone here <laughs> to choose from. So many objects. Um. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay, a, 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 how how many um, blood collection kits complete with funnel do you give the movie Let the Right One In 2008 Swedish edition uh, out of five blood collection kits?
0: Josh, I give it five out of five blood collecting <clears throat> kits complete with funnels. Loved it. Oh my gosh. I mean, the sweaters alone in this movie.
1: Boy oh boy.
0: He has such good style.
1: Oscar's haircut alone. Oh my gosh. I love it. I also give it five out of five. You know what else? These blood collection kits, you don't even have a hard time figuring out where the funnel goes. <laughs> Everything in its right place.
0: Mm, it's that.
1: it's truly excellent.
0: That was uh that speaking of Fargo, that was like Fargo level dark comedy with uh Yes our guy. Our father figure. Trying to—he's not great at his job. No, I—I I would have liked to see. Oh wait, does he successfully do one
1: uh, before he starts? I don't. I don't think that we see. No, I don't know that we ever see him really do a successful one. We just see what he's trying to do and how difficult it is. Right. I think that's more. it. It's like, and now you're in this like community.
0: Yeah, because it just seems like, how did they even get this far? Mm-hmm. Oof man that's the future for oscar though isn't it Ooh.
1: oh yeah he's probably pretty good at it though i bet
0: he loves knives loves them yeah so how many
1: oh, oh look at this baby she don't know what's going on
0: <laughs> everybody watched cheer season two heck yeah um all right so as far as the kids in this movie We're talking Ellie. We're talking Oscar. We're talking bullies.
1: And the rest.
0: And all the rest. How many bath towels? How many bath towels do you give the kids in this movie out of a set
1: of 10? 10 bath towels. What's not to like? Every performance is spot on. You believe the bullies are bullies. You believe the remorse of the kid who keeps his eyes covered in the pool scene, but is the and he's paralyzed with fear. He's like Hamlet, and then you've got obviously Ellie, even she is a child playing an ageless creature, Mm -hmm. and she's great. And Oscar is just like you want everything good for him, and it's so it's a very it's all bittersweet and wonderful, and Mm -hmm. it's just really. It's all you can ask for out of a uh, out of child performances. You get the full range.
0: Yeah, I so I so agree. Ellie is one of my favorite vampires in all of vampire lore. I am so glad we got to rewatch this movie.
1: Me too. I've still never seen the remake. No. We should may cover we? it here on this podcast,
0: listeners. Should we?
1: We should probably watch it and at least mention it at some point. Maybe a little, maybe that'll be a little social meds content. Maybe just a little mini episode. Who could say?
0: Who can say? All I know for sure, Josh, is I just don't want you to be a creep. Get in touch. Send us an email at mummyxdaddy at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdaddy. We are on Instagram at mummyxdaddypod. You can visit us on the internet for show notes and more at com.
1: If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen that allows ratings. And hey, tell a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg.
0: Maggie Spaulding is a teacher who will not leave you alone in this one. Aww. Aww. making a puff the corn. Oh, they're making a the puff corn. ready to it. All the puff corn sticking in the microwave.